welcome to Holocene Nostalgia. Episode three? Episode three, yeah. So we already recorded this episode, but my camera overheated. Is that going to be our intro? So we already recorded, but... (laughs) (laughs) Each time we have an episode, I think that's going to be the intro. So today we're going to be talking about oceans. The ocean. We love the ocean. 70% of our planet. Yeah. You said last time that we live on planet ocean and not planet Earth. Yes. I mean, don't... That's not a me quote. That's like a... Sylvia Earle or like some other like actual really awesome ocean person quote. But yes, we do live on planet ocean, not planet Earth. The ocean is really what sustains us ultimately. Um, I mean, yes, all ecosystems sustain us. And I don't like the narrative that like one thing is the saving thing, but um, it's a huge part of it. And um, I'm pretty sure like every other breath that we breathe comes from the ocean. That's insane. Yeah. So last time we did this episode, we read some current events and got really depressed. So I'm kind of glad to be re-recording this. Yeah, I know, right? I, after that, I was like, ooh, this is some some weird vibes. So. Yeah, there were some bad vibes last episode. <laughs> so uh, the, lost, the lost episode. It's the good lost that episode. it's got lost. If we ever um, become like cult heroes, somebody's going to find that episode and be like, woof. Woof. <laughs> okay, um, so... Cool. So let's do that again, though. Current events, right? Um, oh man, you're catching oh, we don't, me off guard. We're not doing that. Okay, th- we can really we can not do that. To talk about, I just joined my local chapter of Sunrise Movement. Um, okay, cool. That's a, that's a current event. That's I get. That's like personal news. Um, yeah. I would say we talked about Extinction Rebellion, um, which is like a very direct actiony group, nonviolent direct actiony group. Um, but I would say that Sunrise is more directed in their political objectives. They want a Green New Deal, and mm-hmm. they're sitting into like local officials' offices. They sat in Nancy Pelosi's office, so they have a very directed um, way of getting the political outcomes they want, and they have a very clear idea of what they want. So for right. me, that is more um, appealing than Extinction Rebellion. <laughs> yeah, certain- yeah, that's that's awesome. Well. I'm excited to learn more as you develop more interactions with them. Yeah. Um, So that's current events for me. You got anything? Um, Not so much. I signed a petition this morning to help save the Tongass National Forest in uh, Alaska because Trump's administration is trying to open it up to like a lot of industry and logging. Oh, my God. And it's our country's temperate rainforest. It's so important. It's a huge carbon sink. So it's still open to to public comment till December 17th. And... I would highly recommend people saying, uh, entering a public comment and saying that they want this to be a pristine area. It's really important to a lot of a lot of groups of indigenous people. It's important to our ecosystems. It's important for so many things. Um, so yeah, that would be my one plug. Yeah. Oh, my other plug is we're no longer just on SoundCloud. We are now on the iTunes podcasting app. So we're fucking official. <laughs> yeah. That was all Ish's initiative. Credit where credit is due. He did all the work on that. So thank you, Ish. Um, Yeah. Considering that I botched recording the last episode, it's totally okay. Yeah, but I botched the one before that. We are one for one. We keep score. All right. So let's get into oceans. Cool. Yes, oceans. um, When people think oceans, or at least when I, before I knew you, thought oceans and I thought climate change, very often I would think of just sea level rise. 
um, but that is not what you're concerned with primarily. Could you just give a background about what your thesis work was about and um, what drew you into it? Yeah. Yeah. So um, I did my senior thesis on last chance tourism at the Great Barrier Reef. So it's essentially people going to visit the Great Barrier Reef because they are um, aware that it is at risk for extinction due to climate change. Um, this is usually like a bit of a passive logic in people. Like they don't kind of really recognize that that's what they're doing, but they, it's part of their reasoning for going now as opposed to later. Um, but the thing that's really affecting the coral reefs is not sea level rise per se, but, um, a warming ocean. So, Coral reefs can survive, or shallow water coral reefs, um, which are like our reef building quarter coral reefs, and they support a quarter of all fish in the ocean, um, can only survive in a certain temperature range. And it's a pretty narrow range, um, and we are very quickly exceeding that range. So this is a huge effect of climate change. There's a lot of predictions of when coral reefs could be like uh, fully extinct. I feel like people just like looking that up would be better than me botching what, it, what the prediction is, but it's soon like many climate change things. Right. I think I read at one and a half degrees, it is, um, like 90% yes. bleaching yeah. for some reefs. Yeah. yeah which is, we're going to hit that by 2030, even if we cut emissions today. Yes. I mean, yes, it's <laughs> no matter what we do, it's really dire for coral reefs, but um, oh no! <laughs> but like, I think it's important to you know still be an optimist, and like we shouldn't just give up on this ecosystem because of that. Mm-hmm. Coral reefs also um, tend to be in tropical latitudes, and they um, a lot of indigenous populations really rely on them for primary food source. I believe forty million people are directly impacted by the loss of coral reefs. So this is not only. Uh, an ecological injustice that we're losing them, but it's also a social and cultural injustice. So, right. Yeah. Uh, like a lot of the time we think of climate change, like, oh, the polar bears or, oh, the corals, like, you know, Nemo won't have a home or whatever. Yeah. You touched on it already, but what is the importance of coral reefs for us as, as human? Yeah. Um, I mean, There's so many things. Uh, The most obvious one is that if we lose coral reefs, uh, we lose um, a a quarter of all fish species in the ocean rely on coral reefs at some stage of their life span. Um, So that's huge. So some that for some of that, it's like um, like that's where they raise their children or, you know, they pass through those ecosystems. It doesn't mean it's only like that's that all of the biodiversity in the ocean like spends their entire life on Mm -hmm. coral reefs, but they're extremely biodiverse and so important. So there's that. And then if you say that, then you're also saying that fishing is going to be impacted. Mm -hmm. And I'm not talking about like mass scale trawling fishing, like the really exploitative kind, but the kind that feeds um, diverse groups of communities around the world and in these tropical areas. But another huge one that people um, don't often think about is that they are they break the waves up. <clears throat> Coral reefs uh, act as a barrier. It's called the Great Barrier Reef for a reason. Whoa, and, I did not realize that. <laughs> yeah, so you're going to have increased flooding if you don't have a reef um, because the breakwaters are not going to get broken up. 
There's like all those sorts of things going on with coral reefs. So they're so important. I was watching a video where some um, island, part of Australia, but not part of the main landmass, was already experiencing like pretty terrible flooding. And I wonder if that's partially due to the reefs. Um, that, yeah, that's a good question. I actually hadn't heard that. I, I'm curious which island it is, but I would assume it would, I would think it, there's a, a high chance that that is related for sure. So last chance tourists to the Great Barrier Reef is how we got the name of this podcast, right? It is. Yeah. Um, it was kind of just a little thing that I thought of um in terms of like what was motivating people to go um it's not like a original thought really uh like um i completely based it off of this really incredible anthropo anthropologist dr renato risaldo's term imperialist nostalgia which talks about how um people tend to view indigenous communities um in terms of like kind of like this nostalgic undertone of like seeing traditional forms of life um which is like through this imperialist lens um and i kind of thought similarly uh with last chance tourism we're going to see these spaces like to see them before they disappear it has like this like nostalgic element to it but um we're the ones that are you know um producing this risk for the coral reefs uh like tourists are likely to have high carbon impacts they're more monetarily privileged all these things so yeah holocene nostalgia yeah just flying to australia is like doing tons of damage so yeah so flying to australia does take a lot of carbon miles and of course i have to like acknowledge my own part taking in that because I did my field work there so um it's interesting also to be like your field work is impacting it but also you're studying it it's like this strange you know again one of the complicated things with where we're at right now yeah um Catherine Hayhoe do you know she's like um an environmental scientist who hosts a show on YouTube called Global Weirding Ooh, I haven't heard of that. Um, it's okay. Okay. She's cool. But her Twitter's great. Um, but she was talking about how we should try and cut back on flying, but it's important sometimes for climate scientists to fly out to the places they're going to. And like we shouldn't self flagellate over that. Yeah. Again, I mean like I try and maintain I, I pretty much maintain the line that like uh, caring is the first step and like the more that we self-flagellate the more that we like uh, distract ourselves from like uh, trying to change the people and the things that don't care at all um, you know like the more that we uh, just like focus on the internalized like freaking out about our stuff like yes of course you should try and be accountable to it but like um, again what you said like a hundred companies do 70% of the 71 yeah. 71 so again emitting. Th those are we should repeat that in every yeah. episode <laughs> yeah so um ultimately you know those are the things that uh should stay foregrounded I saw this meme that like Exxon was like here like we have this carbon accounting thing that you can input your and find out your carbon footprint um like what are you gonna do to be better and then <laughs> someone like responded they were like 
I'm going to promise not to spill like 40 million barrels of oil oh into the Gulf. <laughs> you know, like that's like such a good example yeah. of, you know, that. At the end of the day, we need systematic change. And I think that's one of the points I'm totally happy to keep hammering in here. Yeah. If there are last chance tourists and they invoke systematic change or if they're researchers going to these reefs to draw awareness on the issue and as a result systematic change happens i think that's not so bad yeah i mean uh what i found from my thesis was that while people are being motivated to go because of the risk of extinction um the tourism industry also isn't really talking about climate change so people Mm -hmm. you know like a lot of times people are coming from areas that haven't actively seen the impacts of climate change in the way that some other people have. Um, Mm -hmm. And like, you know, tourism isn't slowing down in the near term. So um, I think that this could be a generative way for people to like see the impacts of climate change now and then feel more compelled to vote and like act in their regular context to um, be more, yeah, to invoke that more uh, meaningful systematic change like the panic mode like just get them panicking a little bit yeah like you know like seeing a completely dead reef and being like that's tangible like that's happening now right you know whereas like all this stuff of like 2040 2050 2030 it's like it's close but it doesn't feel urgent even for some people right um well i was talking to somebody the other night and I was like, I'm not very optimistic about it. And he was like, well, you kind of have to be optimistic. And I was like, well, if you're optimistic about the prospects of climate change, you kind of are living in this Holocene mindset of we have time to do it. And what right. he said to me is like, you have to pretend it's the midterm paper and you're starting it the night before. Right. And it's, you know, if the midterm paper meant like was literally life or death, then yes, it is the midterm paper. And you're not only starting it the night before, you're starting it like three minutes before it's due. Yeah, totally. It's a group project and the group is Earth. (laughs) Yeah, and I think that's what I mean, like this like self-flagellation, like just like being like upset with yourself and stuff like, yes, absolutely. But also like we're in this mode that we have to like do something now, you know, and like... Yes, it's like starting that midterm right before. Like we have to have some hope, right, that we can finish it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you said that oceans, ocean warming is mainly what's killing off um, coral reefs, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean pollution as well, but yeah, ocean warming is huge. Can you talk a little bit about how the ocean is absorbing solar radiation? Because I like conceptually we're like okay there's carbon and it's trapping heat and it's just Uh floating in the air all this like extra heat is just there but that's not really the case if i understand it correctly um wait can you repeat that um can you talk about how the ocean is absorbing um heat our carbon emissions yeah and our carbon emissions right ocean yeah Yeah, so I know that 93% of the carbon dioxide being emitted into the atmosphere is like being absorbed by the oceans. Um, It's a huge, yeah, it's a huge carbon sink. Um, Seagrass beds, kelp, all these uh, varying life forms in the ocean um, sequester carbon and are really important. Mm -hmm. Um, And I believe that leads to ocean acidification, but 
um, again, like I'll like mention these as touch points, but people should do their research to like actually (laughs) CO2 is acidic. Get the accurate. Yeah. So when CO2 is absorbed into water, it becomes more acidic. Yes. Yeah. Like when you um, drink a sparkling water in your belly feels a little better. It's because of the pH. Yeah. More so than, well, I guess partially because of the effervescence. But yeah, CO2 is acidic. Yeah. So that's happening because they're just absorbing so much carbon. Do you want to talk about kelp a little bit? Oh my gosh. I love kelp. (laughs) (laughs) I'm only beginning my dance with kelp. Um, but kelp is so cool. I mean, so algae is really interesting because it's both can be really positive and really negative in the ocean, Mm -hmm. um, depending on the type and depending on like where it is. Like for example, in coral reefs, um, there's different types of algae and like the bad algae signifies that there's too many nutrients in the ecosystem and it can really take over the coral reef, um, Mm -hmm. and like kill it. Um, but yeah, but in the right context, algae is phenomenal and so important. Um, Mm -hmm. kelp is a huge carbon sequestration machine. Um, there are underwater forests and they're disappearing a lot. Oh no. A lot, a lot. Like Tasmania's kelp forests were actually the first marine ecosystem to be considered endangered in Australia. Not not the Great Barrier Reef, Tasmania. Um, Yeah. So how do we bring it back? um, So there, some of it's just um, so they're also vulnerable with like the heat stuff. Um, Mm -hmm. so some of it similar with coral reefs, uh, they're trying to find like heat resistant kelp, just like they're trying to find heat resistant coral. So that's kind of like an assisted evolution thing. The troglodyte, how do you say that word? Troglodytes? I don't know that word. The like little sea bears, the, the, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know what you're talking about. I have no idea how to say that though. Um, they're trying to find those of kelp. Yeah. Pretty much. To our listeners, it's T-R-O-G-Y-L-D-A-T-E-S or close enough to that that the Google result will pull it up. Or if you search sea bears, it's really cool. Just look into it. Yeah. They're on the moon and they can survive there. Yeah. It's kind of tight. So cool. Um, um, yes. So part of it's that. And then part of it also is like the ocean isn't like mixing properly because of this warm water layer that's at the surface. So mm-hmm. people are trying to figure out how to restore this like natural upwelling of the ocean. Um, yeah. And like the, the really deep currents that take thousands of millennia. Yes. To move, yes. 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 Those are powered by he- heat differentials. Yes. Pretty much. Yep. Um, and they're really helpful for moving nutrients and stuff across the floor. Ish, you're teaching me so much about the ocean. Thank you. I just um I just read some something. Oh, he prepared recently. for this. I'm just here like yes. uh, everyone go look it up because I don't know. And Ish is like, I came in prepped. <laughs> well, because I'm like, I'm not trying to ask you stupid ass questions. No, it's, here. it's been good questions. Um, <laughs> so you're gonna read anti Oedipus next time you interview. Oh my me, goodness, right? I will try, but that's gonna take a while. <laughs> it's just a really that good book took reader. me six months to read. I am a really good reader. Yeah. It's my only skill. It's my only redeemable skill. Yeah. That I'm just like freaking stubborn. If I start a book, I need to finish <laughs> it, no matter how hard it is. You also like are, you're just so like diversely read and like 
you'll reference something you'll reference something though and i'm like yeah i should know that but i don't like i feel like i'm just like in my like little pockets whereas you like have like no i only read like early 20th century like uh continental philosophy oh really yeah (laughs) (laughs) i'm very specific in my niche yeah yeah Anything before Heidegger, um, <laughs> don't know. Um, oh, so you talked about um, carbon sequestration mm-hmm. do you, of kelp. Yes. Should we talk more about that? Because I think that's a really important concept for people that are not familiar. with. Yeah. So carbon sequestration. So as much as we discuss um, like reducing completely eliminating the use of fossil fuels, becoming carbon neutral, we actually need to become carbon negative. Um, Mm. And our natural environments are the best way that we have to do that. Um, So restoring ecosystems and like rebuilding these carbon sinks, uh, which carbon sinks basically mean that these are ecosystems that take in carbon dioxide. That's really, really important for climate change. Mm. Um, Yeah. And kelp is one of those things. Yeah, and it keeps it there and, like, stores it. So destroying these things releases the carbon that they've spent millennia, in some cases, storing. So it's not just that deforestation is ruining our abilities to pull carbon out of the sky. It's actually releasing, like, centuries worth of carbon. Right, because, like, when you burn a log, what you're doing is releasing carbon dioxide, right? Yeah, I've been having a lot of like fires in the fireplace. I was gonna say boy, boycott campfires. <laughs> oh my gosh! But I have solar panels, so I'm pretty like I'm pretty carbon neutral. Yeah, no, kind of. I, I I really like campfires. It's a yeah. Do I call I'm that like, my I guilty pleasure? Panels, I I bike. <laughs> yeah, my guilty pleasure is palm oil. I can't give up Snickers bars and there's yeah palm oil. Yeah. We'll do an episode on palm oil. I'm sorry, guys. We're yeah. About to ruin everything. Yeah, palm oil is a really tough one. <laughs> um, what else about oceans? What What else can you tell me? Oh gosh. Um, I mean, I think kind of what I'd like to highlight in this, um, in terms of climate change, is that like climate change is largely an issue of water, if you really think about it. Droughts, water. Melting ice caps, water. Hurricanes, water. Warming oceans, water. Like, it's all... Forest fires, water. water. Yeah, it's all water. Like, water is so important. Um, wow. And, like, yeah, when we think about climate change, I just or just to think of it as a thing of water and, like, to continue to support the people and organizations that are fighting for water. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, if you re- really boil down to like what life is, like life on Earth, it is um, solar radiation and water combined in carbon. Yeah. And that's pretty much it. Like all life on Earth, except some life, like some deep sea um, critters don't actually need the solar radiation. But pretty much all of it is um, sun and water and carbon. Yeah. Totally. Which is so mind-boggling and so cool. So yeah, and like it's weird that we are carbon-based life forms, but then carbon dioxide in the sky is like gonna kill us. Yeah, yeah, uh, it's a it's you know uh, the irony is amazing. 
I don't know if irony is the right word for that, but uh, I guess. It's incomprehensible. It's pretty absurd. Yeah. Like the thing that um, sustains us is also the thing that's killing us. That means the balance is important. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Balance is important. Um, cool. We're coming up on 30 minutes. I yeah. Do we want to um, talk about something positive that we saw this week? Yeah. What did you see this week? What did you see? This oh, gosh. Week? I was really hoping to deflect that on you first. Okay. So actually, oh, I do have one. I have one. Okay. So I went on a run in Fort Greene. Um, mm-hmm. I was listening to Krista Tippett's On Being, which is just like your favorite. <laughs> I love it. Um, Robert McFarlane was on it this week. Um, mm-hmm. And he's like a really incredible environmental ecological writer. Um, mm-hmm. And like while I was doing that, I was just like thinking about the quality of light and like how when I move around this one oak tree, like the light changed and like the way the shadows fell onto the leaves changed. And I thought that was just so beautiful. Yeah, that's the best. Yeah, so I just posted like there- six pictures of leaves on my Instagram, <laughs> like back to back to back to back. There's an elm tree near me when I bike home from work that's like, if if you catch it at golden hour, it's nuts. Yeah, it's just so beautiful. Yeah. Um, I don't know that that's my thing. I went hiking in Mount Lemon. Okay. Um, yesterday. And, um, you know, Tucson is really deserty, but when you, the mountain's pretty high. So you cross six biozones as you Whoa, that's insane. The the whole mountain contains six biozones, and the very top is an alpine zone. But I didn't go to the top. I went, I was somewhere around the middle. So it's kind of this mix of like cactus brush and um, alpine trees. Um, And I took the dogs out there, and it was pretty beautiful. Also, I saw Parasite. Not environmental, but Parasite was an amazing. It's movie. amazing. Everybody it's saw. amazing. It's, if it doesn't, did you see it? Yeah. If it doesn't win the Oscar this year, like the this year, the whole thing, I'm gonna be so mad. Should we go off script and talk about Parasite? Because <laughs> of how good it was. It was so good. Like. Oh my god. Yeah. He directed Okja as well. Did you see that? Uh, I did not. No, this was my first oh, foray man. into Bong's work. Okja is on Netflix, and it's about, like, the terrors of factory farming. Oh, wow. Okay, yeah, that's important. Yeah, he's Um, just, like, oh, gosh. Yeah, incredible. I watched it. I I saw an interview with him where he was, like, with Parasite, I was trying to diagnose a very specific Korean sickness, but it turned out it was universal because we all live in the same country. The country is called capitalism. Oh, wow. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I I got to film him after I watched it, and it was like no way. Yeah, yeah it was really oh cool. And like he was just so like, you met him. Um, I mean, like I was far away. I had a long lens, you know. <laughs> oh, cool. But uh, yeah, really. Yeah, your day job is you film like those screenings, right? Yes. Yeah. Uh huh. Yeah, I I film some some people sometimes, but um, yeah. Awesome. Well, I guess so like, that's that's our recommendation for this week. Watch Parasite. Yeah, go see go see Parasite. Um that's the side thing that Michelle and I share in common besides all this like climate stuff is we both like movies a lot. <laughs> yes, we do like movies. Okay, yeah. Um go see Parasite, take care of your oceans, get involved, plant something. Halcyon Nostalgia, episode three. This is it. We're out. This is Michelle. I was not